Hi everyone and welcome back. This is episode 2 of the Beyond the Athlete podcast. Thank you so much for those who listened to episode 1. Some great feedback and great to see so many listeners joining us on this journey. Now episode 2, I sat down with ex-footballer Sean Stevens, and he made the move into the insurance world and now owns his own company. So it's great to sit down and talk to him about his journey there. And this episode will be available wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, whether it's Apple, if you listen listening there, leave a review, maybe five stars. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google and everywhere else. It'll also be on YouTube as well on my channel, which is Richard Amofa. So give us a subscribe, maybe leave a comment too. But for now, sit back, relax, enjoy, please share and let us know what you think. Welcome to another episode of the Only Athlete Podcast. If you don't know, it's uh, well, what we like to do, we like to get successful sportsmen and women on the pod coming to talk about their business ventures or you know transitions into other professions. And very lucky to be joined by Sean Stevens this evening. How are you getting on? You okay? Yes, I do, man. I'm good. <laughs> good, good. How's things? I mean, as you say, yeah. Uh, your family keeping safe and stuff during this, uh, during this yeah, time. yeah. Um, um, you know, and like everyone else at the moment, trying to homeschool and work and run a business, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, how, how many kids you got? Three. Oh, really? Oh, so you're busy, busy. Well, <laughs> the oldest one's not too bad, he's, yeah. um, he's in secondary school, so he's kind of structured as the other two. So, dude, what area are you in? Where are you, uh, where are you living at the moment? I'm down in um, Eastbourne, one okay. just outside Eastbourne. Nice. Okay. Um, moved down here about six years ago mm-hmm. from Croydon. Um, purely because the house prices are better and it's a nicer area for the yeah. kids anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, I mean, for those who um, obviously don't know you or your kind of sporting background, can you give us some insight into? you know your your playing career and, and the businesses that you started and then you're all kind of probing from that um boy so um i transitioned from football into the crazy world of insurance um i was just a kid like most you know enjoying kicking ball with the boys um i was lucky enough to get scouted um, by Arsenal at 12. Um, I didn't have enough self-belief at the time to stay there. So um, I I left there and um, was lucky enough to, again to get scouted by Millwall. So um, I'd done all of my youth at Millwall from 12 to 18. Um, I'll give you the short version, by the way. <laughs> I got released. 18, um, my school teacher got me a, a trial at Burnley. So I went up there on a trial, um, played the last reserve game of the season. Um, I was playing with Glenn Little, um, if anyone's old enough to remember Glenn. Um, 
I scored, played pretty well. I trained with the first team the next day. I was looking to sign. And um, Adrian Heath, who was the manager at the time, left in the summer and took the assistant manager at Everton's job. So that fell through. But luckily, Sam Allardyce was watching and took me to Notts County. So I was there at Notts. Unfortunately, um, I just missed Jermaine Pennant. I must have signed about two weeks after he left. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, um, that would have been a good combination. I would have liked to have yeah. played with him and seen what he was about. Um, but I played there um, and I, had a, I didn't have an agent until that point. Mm. But I found out later on that the agent messed up that deal for me. Um, after being there for, was it five months mm. or so, I um, was looking to sign a three-year deal, but I, the agent wouldn't have got a signing-on fee. Mm. So, he, yeah, that old, that yeah. old chestnut. Yeah, so, yeah, I just you to the words out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah um, so then he said, oh, they don't want you, moved me to Dunfermline in Scotland. Uh, I was playing Scottish Premiership, but I hated it. Um, really? How come? From a football point of view. Right, okay. From a football point of view. Um, in, in what sense? Just like, or just not? It's different. Like, it's, it's, really? I had a chat with um, Grant Holt mm. a couple of years back. Um, I was, we were both playing in a charity game up, up at Norwich, mm. at Carroll Road. Mm. And we was chatted and stuff. And we both said, for anyone who's never, forget watching it, mm. if you've never played football in Scotland, you cannot understand how different the football is up there. And it's, it's hard. Mm. It's, I, it's difficult to put your finger on it, but it's, I couldn't adjust. Is it just like, what, like, like playing styles or just like... Everything. Um, training, the lot, um, you know, and... It was frustrating for me as well because I thought I was doing well enough in training to be getting in the first 11 and I wasn't. Um, and so um, I decided that that wasn't the place for me. Um, I, that was when I found out about the Notts County thing, how it went wrong. So I got rid of the agent, um, had a few... Um, trips down the old uh, semi-pro thing that was uh, Stevenage Borough mm-hmm. um, a few other places I won't name <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I got an offer to go to America mm. went to America uh, I was playing in West Virginia which was a bad 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 idea oh really um, I, mean, I thought when you when you set up I thought you were going to say oh it was unreal do you know anything about West Virginia? I'll be honest with you, not really. Okay, I'll give you three letters. Yeah. KKK. Okay. Did you, did you encounter any, any of that in your, in your time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, funny story. Um, you know WWE tours, don't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So WWE come to, to West Virginia and for whatever stupid reason, me and one of my, my teammates is probably one of my best mates. Um, he's, he was from Birmingham. 
a guy called Mark Brown, and we were roommates in that as well. We decided to go shopping. I've never seen so many grown men out wearing every wrestle wrestling paraphernalia you can think of. <laughs> it was Goodness redneck me. central in yeah. the shopping mall. Jeez. And obviously, I know that when you're in America, being from England is a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to try and keep your identity. The only thing is, is obviously, apart from being black, that makes you stand out even more. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, a couple guys didn't like the fact that I was there. <laughs> wow. Um, and that, that was, you know, middle of the day, well, midday in the shopping centre. I was going to ask, yeah, what time of day was it? So they, what, they guess they've approached you and what's, what's happening? Yeah, there, was, um, there wasn't much words exchanged. It was the circling and mm. the knocking into and uh, what are you doing here yeah. kind of thing. So that intimidation kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it was interesting, interesting. So it's uncomfortable but, even like listening to the story, like it can, can only like, well, I can't imagine that scenario. Like, yeah, it wasn't great. But I mean, the team, the team, the guys in the team were great. Yeah. Met a lot of, you know, friends that I'm still friends with now. Yeah. But the problem with that was I broke a toe early on in the season. Um, and they gave me cortisone injections in the bone and made me play on it Jeez. and about six games later I couldn't really walk yeah. um, missed a lot of the season um, came back a bit later on in the season but I wasn't, I wasn't right yeah. and at the end of the season the manager was like well I think you've underperformed I was like excuse me it's like you said to me I had to play yeah. and otherwise they were going to do you know, take away all my privileges, half my wages, all that stuff. I've played and now you're telling me I've underperformed. Mm. So we had a bit of a falling out, came back to England, um, went back to Millwall actually, got some physio, but I was out for nearly two years before I was, my foot was at a stage where I could kick a ball again without it hurting. And I was rubbish. I come back, rubbish. It's all two years a long time, like, you know, especially when you're, you know, you're having to keep yourself motivated and all of that. And then, you, two, you know, in that time period, you, you do naturally just become rusty, don't you? It was one of those things, all the things that I had used to get where I got to, mm-hmm. that I used to do it with an instinct and didn't used to think about. I had to think about it and still couldn't do it. Mm. Um, <laughs> literally was horrible how old were you at this point oh i was 22 oh wow so still 20, 22 23 okay um yeah it was it was horrible um and then i after moving out of home from 18 i tried to do the big man thing and mm. said oh, i've got to go and get a flat and whatever Obviously, when you're out not earning money for that long, you start to run out of cash. So I did all right at school. Um, I had 10 GCSEs, A to C. 
I did for those that will are watching or listening to this that will remember Office Angels. Mm. I went to Office Angels with, the, with my my A4 CV, um, and ended up getting a job at Direct Line, and that start that started the insurance journey. Mm. Um, but football, I always thought, ah, oh, it's just a temporary thing. I go back to football, but. Anybody that's trained at a high level knows if you're not training every day, it's just the fitness levels alone are impossible to keep up with. Um, and then everyone, everyone as well who you were probably ahead of start to overtake you, don't they? And it's like, well, you know, I mean, I was playing when I was playing, for example, um, at, when we was at YT, doing a YTS, when we was at Millwall. I used to, we always do that to King's College. Mm. And I was with Jody Morris, Rio Ferdinand. Um, I'm only naming guys that you guys will remember. Of course. Um, Marcus Bent. Mm. These, you know what I mean? Um, Kevin Lisby. These are all like, this was we are, our little crew that used to, yeah, yeah. used to go to college. So, yeah. you know, you look at how far they've gone. Clinton Morrison. And you look at where they've got to and stuff, and I was look back and I just think could, things could have been different. But. Yeah, of course, yeah. You're still, you're still <laughs> yeah. in contact with them now. Are you still? Yeah, yeah. Still some of them. Um, MC Harvey as well. He was one. Of, he was part of the gang. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he was a baller, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot of a lot of us all from South London and stuff. And for example, me and Clinton were the, the two strikers for Surrey Schools. Mm. Um, so yeah, there was there was a few of us. There was a few of us. I'm not gonna lie, it's um, like a like a joke combination, like that that group of you in college. Like, you got any funny stories about your time there? To go on? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you. It's not even really a story. Or oh, yeah, actually, I'll give you a story. We went to. Ah, <laughs> uh, we were bad, right? So we were supposed to be there all day on a Thursday, and at lunchtime we used to leave the college. And we used to just fuck the afternoon off, like, nah, stop that. And we used to go up to London. So we used to jump on the train, go into um, Regent Street and all of that. And we, there was a pizza place that we used to go to, one of these all-you-can-eat pizzas. And um, we always used to go there and we'd have an eating competition. And one day... <laughs> One of these eating competitions, um, Clinton was just messed up, man. He was messed up. We come out and we was trying to, um, we was trying to, to walk back to the train station, and Clinton was all holding onto the rails. Like, my belly, man. My belly, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was messed up. He was messed up. But yeah, that that was. Some of the stuff that we antics used to get up to, and we follow Rio around when he's buying shoes because he was the only one earning proper money. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of stories I could tell, but I'm trying not to I'm trying not to I'm trying not to incriminate people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I see what you mean. I see. What you mean. I to blow up people. <laughs> No, I mean, there's, if you ever speak to, to Harvey, mm. there's a great story about him on a train. On the way, what, from training or just like 
No, this was again coming back from college, yeah. and um, he he Carvey had he had lyrics from way back when, but he's one of the funniest guys I know, and he was he speech this girl on on the tube, and what was it he said? I can't remember what the punchline was, but he came out with something, and I literally was—we were rolling around on the floor. It was—it was hilarious. I can picture it, to be honest. I can picture it. Yeah, it was. You know, typical lads about town. No, no, of course, of course. But even still, like obviously, you know, kind of growing up together, you have that kind of character. Like it, it does kind of, you know, those days kind of make you who you are. Do you know what I mean? That kind of oh yeah, building and stuff like that, and the, yeah. the camaraderie and stuff like that as well. I mean, to be fair, I was probably the worst one because my banter was terrible. Happens. <laughs> 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 uh, obviously, you mentioned Notch County as well. Couldn't kind of ignore the fact of you played the big son. What, what was that like? Wicked. At the helm? Wicked. But what, what's he like as a as a as a manager? Because you know I've heard a lot of experts talk about him, and they, you know they say a lot of good stuff. But you know, for you personally, what was it like for you? I have this conversation with a lot of people that haven't played football and haven't played under Sam. He is one of the best man managers I've had. Um, he would, he, he used to, he loves his football that much that when he was training, I'd be doing things in training and he'd be cracking up and he'd be commentating like he's watching a game on telly. And he'd like dissect the way you just scored a goal and um, he always wanted you to, to express yourself. Um, but, one of the best things about him was that he approached each game dependent on who he was playing. He had a plan for every single... To see like how Bolton always used to bust up Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. He always, every team that he came up against, he had a plan as mm. to what he needed to do to beat that team. Mm. And if, for example, you didn't quite fix... Like when I was there, I was up front with a guy called Devon White massive guy and the whole thing it was literally from goal kicks we the plan was I stood 10 yards to the left or right of him they aimed the kick at him he flicked it on and as the kicks going up I used to run directly at him sideways yeah he goes up with the defender and as he flicks it I just run in behind and I'm off and I mean even like in the reserves, I scored. I think it was like something like eleven goals in thirteen games. Um, but he always had a plan, and if you weren't part of that plan, he didn't just. You never turned up to a game wondering why you weren't starting. You knew beforehand. He'd pull you aside and say, "Right, this is what I want to do. It's not really going to be your game." Like one time we were playing Lincoln, and he said to me, "I, I really want to start you this game, but..." These guys are bruisers, man. He goes, I'm, I'm only 5'9", and at that time, I was not that heavy. Mm. <laughs> I was all, all about speed and skill. Mm. And he just said, it's not going to be your game, so you know, you, you're not going to be involved. Mm. How can you argue? I mean, yeah, I, I, it's true. I mean, as you say, I think one, once you kind of, you respect that kind of 
particular like meticulous nature of his planning and stuff like that, you can kind of understand. Obviously, you'd be gutted, but oh yeah, you know, I'm I was never happy not playing, but there's a difference between unhappy at not playing and being vexed with the manager because as far as you're concerned, you've just been dropped for no reason. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. No, he was he was really, really good and he always wanted the players that had the flair, he wanted you to show it. Mm. You know, he was never about, oh, don't do that, don't do that. And that's why when people moan about, you know, Sam being a long ball specialist and whatever, sometimes, yeah, but sometimes he knows that the way to defeat this team is to get the ball up the other end of the pitch as quick as possible. Mm. And he doesn't care if the fans don't like it. Mm. Because if they play like that, long ball, and they beat Arsenal and they beat Liverpool, mm. who's going home happy at the end this of the day? This is it. This is it at the end of the day. You know, it's a so, business, isn't it? Yeah, and he's very much, he has his, he comes up with a plan and that's what he's going to do. If they don't like it, you don't care. You've spoken about your career and how the kind of ups and downs of it and stuff like that. Um, do, do you think that kind of prepared you for the kind of business world, especially like in, in insurance? No. Nope. Did that give you that ground into progress? How come? In what sense? Football is football. Mm. And when I started, like I said, it was I was good at it because I liked it. I liked it, mm. um, and it took me to great places to do great things. Um, the only thing I would say that it gave me for in preparation for the insurance thing was patience and. the confidence to control my emotions. Um, you know, I was, well, they were all, all my coaches from Mick McCarthy to um, Big Sam, all of them used to say, oh, you know, you need to, I used to have such high expectations of myself that if I did something wrong, not only could you see it on my face and my body language, I probably would have shouted something as well. And they were all like, no, 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 no. You need to tone that down. You need to not show everybody what's going on. Um, and one of the things that you find when you're, you're doing a business, you know, I've got staff that are under me. And yeah, you need to, if something's not right, you know, you need to express that and whatever, but there's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I've realised that what that, what they were saying was that, you know, if you take the emotion out of it, you'd make better decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, think logically, not emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that football taught me was to be a little less emotional mm-hmm. about the way I go about things. Absolutely. As you say, you, you have that, you can kind of, you have that clarity, don't you? As you say, to make those decisions and yeah. take forward, isn't it? So, yeah, man, let, let's talk about Movo. I mean, how, how, did that, <laughs> how did that come about? What's the story behind that? So, I went through direct line, Churchill, learning about insurance and stuff. 
um, and I've got to a, a company in Croydon called Square Mile Broken. And it was while I was there that I realized that there was a product, an insurance product that uh, you can have that covers you if you can't play anymore. Yeah. And I was like, I was a professional footballer. I got injured, couldn't play anymore. Why didn't I know about this? So I did a bit more investigation and learn and stuff. And I was doing my, my insurance studies at the time. Yeah. And I decided that I can do something for this. You know, there's, if I didn't know about it, I'm quite sure my teammates didn't know about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I came up with the idea for Pro Insured. Yeah. Square Mile were like, it's a great idea. But how are you going to do that? And I was like, well, I was hoping you lot would help me. They were like, nah. So um, an ex-colleague who is now at Movo said, come over to Movo. The um, the MD would like wants to hear about it and was, is interested in you coming over. Mm. So I told him about my ideas. Um, and he said, we'll give you all the tools at the company's disposal, but you've got to do it yourself. Mm. But you've got all of our back in so the the insurance markets um the it guy to do the website and all of that but he said we're not going to do it you have to do it but you've got all of that resource at your disposal so um yeah 2000 i was there i joined in 2014 and i think i launched it june 2016 okay i launched pro insured um, which is catering for um, professional sports. So it does the football grounds, it does all of that, but I, it came from the career-ending cover bit, mm-hmm. um, which I just think is massive. I just, I'll give you a scenario. Um, I did a quote for a 25-year-old defender he was playing in Division Two. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on a thousand pound fifty a week, mm-hmm. and his insurance premium was fourteen, fifteen hundred. No, it was two two quotes I did in. One was fourteen hundred. One was seventeen hundred pound a year. But if during that year he got injured and could no longer play football, it paid him out three hundred and thirty grand. Wow. So for a week and a half's wages, mm-hmm. you're getting five to seven times your annual salary paid out in a lump sum. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, you're not winning the lottery, but for us footballers, especially those that are in the lower leagues, mm-hmm. that 330 grand is probably paying your mortgage, oh, of probably paying off that lease car that you've got. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not... Oh, and then you've probably got a little bit of change to then put towards your next venture. You know, it's, um, there's so many pe- people and especially athletes that come out of their chosen profession and they get depressed. I mean, I was one of them. Uh, didn't realise it at the time, but <laughs> I went a bit, a bit through those, especially those year, couple of years when I was, was out with the injury. All of a sudden... I don't have to go trading in the morning. I'm going out. 
Yeah, you, you need that structure in a day, don't you? So it's like, well, you go. Um, yeah, I overdid it a little bit, but <laughs> um, but yeah, you hear about you know players going bankrupt, players getting depressed, and all of, and it's purely because some of them don't have that structure. They don't have anything to give because it just cut short so abruptly. Yeah. I mean. You know, they're worrying about, they start gambling because they're worrying about how they're going to pay for the mortgage this month. All things like that, which a simple insurance policy, which let's be real, one and a half times, um, one and a half times a week's salary is not a huge amount in the, in the scheme of things. You know, we're not talking about one and a half month. It's all one and a half your week mm. salary. Yeah. Um, and you can set yourself up or not necessarily set yourself up but you can protect yourself from the pitfalls of losing your house losing everything you own whilst when that money starts coming in um, but I think the main thing for me was the, what I learned was that the one thing you miss other than the camaraderie and everything is the lifestyle you know how many footballers are going out with models and whatever yeah when, when you, she, that money stops and she turns around to you and says, I want you to buy me that Chanel bag, what are you going to do? Sweating at this point. You know what women are like, bro? They're planning their next holiday when they get back off the plane from the last one. Keep <laughs> <laughs> up, You know? Um, yeah, it just, it just seemed like a, it's a no-brainer to me, but yeah. trying to get back into those circles was difficult. Do you think um, that like more needs to be done to raise like raise awareness among footballers and yeah, sportsmen and about, about this? Because you hear so many stories, don't you? Like players obviously gambling. Even like recently, um, I've seen a few players who've been got been done for that, like gambling, yeah. and depression, and things like that. I definitely do this. How important is it? Like you know, help to prevent those kind of things. Definitely. Um, I know that um, the PFA and a guy I used to play with at Millwall, uh, Michael Bennett, who now heads up the um, the FA's welfare division, um, are doing a lot to go around to the clubs and speak to them and, and give them some guidance and give them an outlet for people that are struggling, especially with mental health and stuff. But... Um, I just think that for me, a lot of people are doing things now for players that aren't playing anymore and stuff like that. But for me, that needs to be done before they stop playing, not after. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think enough is being done on that side, which is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get people to, it's the work, no one wants to think about getting injured. Really. Of course, yeah. I want people to think about it at the beginning of the, their career so that when their career ends, it's sorted. Mm. Oh, they shouldn't be thinking about it when they're getting older and stuff like that. Because, you know, I'll give you an example. Simon Davies, um, I spoke to him about it, um, ex-Tottenham and Welsh international. And he was, uh, he was had a good agent and he had career ending cover all throughout his career but he got to 31 and was re-evaluating his finances and thought I've been paying this for years man I, I'm good stop paying it 
what happened at 32. Oh, yeah. Serious injury, didn't it? Sod's law, isn't it? You know, he's, he must have been furious. <laughs> he must have been furious. I mean, you know, he probably was one of the lucky ones that had enough money in the bank to, you know, to look after himself. But let's be real, you know, let's look outside the Premier League, for example. That's a massive drop in income when you come out of that Premier League. There's not many people in the second division, first division that could say, I'll be comfortable if I, if I stop playing. Yeah. You know? Um, but they don't think about afterwards while they're playing. Mm-hmm. But they're so focused on football, which is not a bad thing. But my thing is, is that you should have an agent that understands that part of their job is to look after your your well-being and stuff while you're playing and do your contracts and whatever, but also to make sure that you've, your money is being distributed sensibly. You know, a lot of people go into um, financial agreements with, you know, funds and stuff like that, which is nothing wrong with it. But, you know, we've also seen, take Rio, for example, who got caught on... In a, in a scam, you know, lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing's guaranteed. So it's, I think it's down to um, the people that are the support of the, the player support network mm-hmm. that needs to be better in making sure that when they finish, not every, not all of you can be a pundit, not all of you can be a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else, I mean, one of the guys I played with, but not Steve Finnan. Um, he's got his own company now. Um, I think he's, he's selling windows or something like that. Oh, really? Um, yeah, complete nothing to do with football at all. Um, but he's okay. You know, he had a plan and he's finished his career and he's doing something else. But not that there's not many people that, not enough, I think, yeah. that do. They all think, they all do their badges and all think, yeah, I'm going to be a coach, I'm going to do this and do that. There's not enough jobs for everybody. I was about to say, there's only so many coaches a team can have. To the exactly. Team. So, when, obviously, 2016, you're, you're getting started, what are the main things that you kind of needed to think about or to do to get yourself up and running and get Florentrude kind of off the ground? Um, all the wrong things that I, I did all the wrong things. I thought that oh yeah I know all the boys I'm good I'm good I'm forgetting that like I stopped playing what was it 15 years earlier <laughs> most of these guys aren't even in this, they're not even playing anymore yeah. so um, I tried to get back to I, I messaged Mick McCarthy while I was at Ipswich trying to get into the team so I could do a presentation and make them aware um, was trying to do all the wrong things. Now that I look back and I'm think I'm doing things differently and it's working, I'm just I'm active on LinkedIn. Um, I'm active on Twitter. Um, you know, and I'm posting constantly, just getting the message out there. And I'm trying to instead of trying to get in with the teams and the managers and stuff, I'm trying to build my own support network but in doing so I'm connecting with 
IFAs, um, estate agents, um, car dealers, all of the, the people that the footballers use. So, for example, Marlon Harewood, who is at Knott's Forest, has got his own car leasing company, mm-hmm. which obviously he does for the footballers and stuff. Yeah. So I'm using um, him. I'm using a company in uh, Chelmsford, AMC Cars. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the guys. Um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. all of those, those, I'm going around around them to get to them if you see what I mean oh of course obviously that that only comes from experience isn't it like once you kind of build your knowledge base within that yeah I mean at first when I first set it up in 2016 I just went head on you know I was calling the clubs I was calling speaking to every football connection I had Mm. trying to get in here and get in there and when you've been at the game a while it's funny how many doors everyone's like oh yeah yeah I remember you yeah Okay, um, i tell you what, I mean, this was the classic one, Mick McCarthy, you know, he had me from a young age, he knows my parents and stuff, so I'll wish you really well, send me some stuff, we'll make sure the players get it. You know what happens, Mm. you send the stuff, they leave the stuff on the, we used to get, I remember, we used to get them all the time, and you'd get, you know, a pack left on your on your chair in the changing room mm. you pick it up and you oh, that's all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, you. see you later yeah exactly oh of course so um yeah i i did everything wrong i, I spent money going into a magazine which was it still is distributed to all of the clean all of the clubs throughout the league mm-hmm. not just premier league championship all the way down What's the magazine uh, it's called, called? It's called Pro Player. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing. Mm. Big page, double page spread I played for. You get anything out of that? that not even cheap, would it? Not even a phone call. You know, it's just, you got to be. If, what I'm from, what I know now, even these few years down the line, is that when you're doing things, you've got to do it smarter. Use use the there's so much free tools that are at your disposal because of the internet. You shouldn't have to spend money to get your name out there. If you're on, all right, I'm not on Instagram purely because insurance is not the kind of thing which is great with visual representation. So I didn't see the point. But I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm doing these things. Um, you know, for nothing. You know, you just boom, post, post, post. It gets out there. LinkedIn, you've got people start connecting with you. The word gets out. You know, you start doing things like this, um, Zoom calls in this crazy time. Yeah. Um, Zoom calls and stuff like that. And it gets out. And once you start connecting with the right people, um, you know, things have na- as they are doing now naturally start to take off is people start inquiring and that's to be i've always said that as long as the inquiries are coming in the money will follow oh, of all the time when those inquiries aren't coming in that's when there's a problem and that's how i knew before that i was doing it wrong because mm. i wasn't getting the inquiries Nothing was coming through. But Nothing you, was coming through. you know as you say you have to start from somewhere don't you and as you say you've learned that lesson 
and now yeah. you've kind of adapted. You have to, and that's the. I think that's you've just said the key word for anybody that's, you know, looking for a change in occupation, a change, a change in direction of what they're doing. You have to be able to adapt, because there are things that you can take forward from what you've been done previously. But it's being able to, to adapt. You know, I've, I'm now managing the Eastbourne office at Movo which is it's a bit of a franchise, so it's its own entity in its own right, but it's still part of Movo and still called Movo. Um, but I'm managing a company now and running a company, um, and it's all through everything that's got me to here. Um, I've sort of learned along the way, you know, and I've had to make the errors to be able to say, okay, now I know not to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but being able to adapt is the key. Because if you can't, and especially, or if you do it too slowly, yeah. you'll find yourself in bother. Yeah, you just get left behind, don't you? This is it. And as we know, uh, somebody always said to me, if you're not going forwards, you're going backwards. So true, so true. In terms of like, where you are now in terms of obviously you've got your office in Eastbourne. How many how many staff have you got? Four. Okay, cool. So it's it's still well, obviously it sounds like a small operation, but I mean we are seeing end of year profits of four hundred and forty grand at the moment. That's gonna be so, my next question, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that? That's gonna be my next question in terms of the, the growth of it. So you know yeah, that's, that's I a mean, healthy figure. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm as greedy as the next man. I want more. Oh, of um, and, you know, we're, we're growing year by year. Mm. But um, from from where we were, I mean, when we opened the Eastbourne office in 2018, in June, there was two of us. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've, we've managed to, to build on that. And... Um, I'm going to continue to do so. Um, Pro Insure is obviously a big part of it. It's still, it's, Pro Insure is one of those type of businesses that I've got clients, I'm getting more, but it's one of those ones where it's slow, slow, slow. And I just need to get into the right agency or a club that wants me to look after everything including the players and, and there's a few which I'm close to getting into it's just that it's that one corner away from going boom that's it so mm. it's you know whilst I've been Movo is a commercial insurance broker so we deal with the business side of insurance right. um, um, whilst I've been growing Movo Pro Insurance has been slowly quietly working itself into in the background because what I did was instead of going off like I said going directly after the clients I've been working the network so I'm not at that stage directly trying to get sales I've left it there I'm making the, the right connections with the right people to then get the sales at a later stage and um, obviously you, you want to make sales and I'm still making sales in the process but my main focus has been on that commercial side and then I'm bringing pro along with it mm. 
just look quietly in the background. So um, hopefully once that does blow, if everything that I'm working on goes well, fingers crossed, um, I might have a decision to make as to which one to stick with. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well... Do you feel that you not you wouldn't have the capacity to, to do both within the company? I'll put it to you like this. In this day and age, right now, in this lockdown, I am so busy with not the sales element, the running the company element, that if Pro was to get to a similar size, yeah, it would, I'd have a problem. I'd have a problem. It would probably be at that point where I may employ someone to deal with one side for me, um, which is probably the way I'd go thinking about it. But yeah, it would be, it would take some forwards to... Of course, what, what way to go, Dad? What way to go? Um, it's what I would like to do is really is bring them all under one. Mm. But the reason I've kept them separate is because because they do two separate things. You don't want to confuse the message. Mm. When, you're, when you're promoting your company, if you see... Have you seen my Pro Insured logo? Yeah, yeah. It's quite obvious what we're looking at. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. If I was to then bring Pro Insured under Movo, mm. the Movo logo is Movo. It mm. doesn't say anything, doesn't mean anything. Mm. And there's nothing about it which would suggest what we do. Mm. So I've deliberately kept them separate for that reason. Mm. You know, and similarly, you do, I wouldn't want to go in and go and see the owner of Harrods about insuring the Harrods building mm. with a pro-insured logo because he'd been like, What's going well, on we're here? not a sports company. What are you coming here for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so... It's all, it's all, as you say, it's all kind of these things you pick up along the way. So, like, for, like, um, let's say you're talking, to, if you were to give advice to, like, a young player, maybe thinking about a career after the game, whatever, not even from an insurance perspective, but if they wanted to move into that, into that business side of things, what advice would you give them in terms of getting started up? My advice would be to think about it now mm. because the biggest mistake I made when I was playing was that I'd finish football training at say one o'clock in the afternoon. I'd go and link up with my boys that I went to school with at college or pick them up from college and, you know, how's everyone doing, chill out, rare, rare. Or I'd go home, I'd go sleep, I'd wake up and just chill with the family and whatever. But I didn't do anything productive with my time. Footballers have a lot of time that they can use productively. So when you finish training, go home and... Have a, have a nap, get up, refresh, and then put your mind towards something. Yeah, whether it's studying for your coaching badge, studying for a business course, just have an idea of, you know, everyone got asked that question at school, what do you want to do when you grow up? All of us said footballer. Mm. Then they'd say, okay, take that off the table, then what do you want to do when you grow up? The answer to that question is what you should be looking into mm. while you're playing. Mm. Because it's, you know, it may 
like with me, did with myself, the time to go into that may come around quicker than you think. So that would be my advice, definitely. Well, that's that's a that's a good nugget to to end this interview on. <laughs> so I've got a lot a lot to ponder, a lot to think about. But no, Sean, listen, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate your time. Richard, thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. No, it's all good. Listen, this you say is uh is an exciting venture, and it seems like that the future is exciting for you as well. So fingers crossed. Hopefully, all goes well. Hopefully, <laughs> all good. Now, thank you very much. I appreciate your time, man. No, no worries, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Take care. No all right, take it easy. You too, man. Take care.